0: Welcome to the Court of Cinema podcast, the show where we celebrate and analyze our favorite films. I'm your Slogan, and every Wednesday we dive into the deep world of film and TV. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a curious beginner, there's something here for you to enjoy. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is the story of Mr. Fox and his wild ways of hen heckling, turkey taking, and cider sipping nocturnal instinctive adventures. He has to put his wild days behind him to do what fathers do best, be responsible. He is too rebellious, too wild, and he is going to try just one more raid on the three nastiest, meaner farmers that are Walter Boggus, Nathan Bunce, and Franklin Bean. It is a tale of crossing the line of family responsibilities and midnight adventure and friendships and awakenings of this country life that is inhabited by fantastic Mr. Fox and his friends. The film was released in 2009 and clocks in at an hour and 27 minutes. It is directed by the brilliance Wes Anderson and adapted by the novel written by Roald Dahl. The film has an estimated budget of $40 million and raked in $57 million worldwide. At the Academy Awards, this was nominated for Best Original Score as well as Best Animated Feature Film. I think my favorite aspect of the film is the cinematography as well as the animation. I think what cinematographer Tristan Oliver does results in one of the best-looking animated films ever. The warm colors complement this world so well. Uh, The animation, I love so much. The detail on the puppets, you can count each individual hair on all of these animals. The stitching and the clothing is so detailed. Uh, This film combines... 56,000 shots, I watched the Criterion version of this film, which is a 1080p upscale for the film and is the best way to view this film, it is absolutely beautiful. I think this film, also in comparison to other stop motion animated films, are night and day, even Wes Anderson's later work in The Isle of Dogs, I say this film looks better than that, but recently I watched The Corpse Bride, released in 2009, and I thought to myself, Fantastic Mr. Fox looks so much better than this. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and head into our main presentation, being Fantastic Mr. Fox. Our story begins two years earlier. While raiding Burke's squab farm, Mr. Fox triggers a fox trap, caging himself alongside his wife, Felicity. Felicity reveals to her husband that she is pregnant and pleads to him to find a safer job if they happen to escape, and he agrees. Two years later, or 12 years in Fox years, the Foxes and their son Ash are living in a hole. Fox, now a newspaper columnist, wants to know if his work is recognized and is actually making a difference in the world. He's almost as old as his father was when he died and wants to live a better life than him. So he moves his family into the base of a tree, ignoring the warnings of his lawyer, Badger. The tree is located very close to facilities run by farmers Walter Bogus, Nathan Bunce, and Franklin Bean. Soon after the Foxes move in, Felicity's nephew Christopherson comes to live with them as his father becomes very ill. Ash finds this situation intolerable. His soft-spoken cousin is apparently superior to him, and everyone, including his father, is charmed by Christopherson at Ash's expense. Later, we see Mr. Fox having his moment of existentialism. Mr. Fox says, "Who, my Kylie?" Mr. Fox says, why a fox? Why not a horse, or a beetle, or a bald eagle? Kylie says, I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds illegal. Mr. Fox proposes one last ride on the Big Three, a triple header for all three of the massive farms of the land. Fox and the building superintendent, Kylie, steal produce and poultry from the three farms. The farmers decide to kill Fox and camp out near the family's tree. When he merges, the farmers open fire, but only manage to shoot off his tail. They then attempt to dig Mr. Fox out. After demolishing the side of the tree, the farms discover that the foxes have dug an escape tunnel. Reasoning that the foxes will have to surface for food and water eventually, the farmers lie in and wait at the tunnel mouth. Underground, fox encounters badger and other local animal residents whose homes have also been destroyed. As the animals begin fearing of starvation, Fox leads a digging expedition to the three farms, robbing them clean. While the other animals feast, Ash and Christopherson return to Bean's farm intending to reclaim Mr. Fox's tail. When they are interrupted by the arrival of Mr. Bean's wife, Ash escapes, but Christopherson is captured. Discovering that Mr. Fox has stolen their produce, the farmers flood the animal's total network with cider. The animals are forced into the sewers, and Fox learns that the farmers plan to use Christopherson to lure him into an ambush. Mr. Fox plans to use himself as bait in this last suicide mission. He doesn't intend to come back alive, but he does believe that everyone else might live. While talking to Felicity, Mr. Fox says, I think I have this thing where I need everyone to think I'm the greatest, the quote-unquote fantastic Mr. Fox. And if they aren't completely knocked out and dazzled and slightly intimidated by me, then I don't feel good about myself. And we think we see that Mr. Fox wants to be the best, and he doesn't feel fulfilled if he isn't tapping into who he really is. They are soon confronted by Rat, one of Bean's security guards. After a struggle with Fox that leaves him mortally wounded, Rat divulges that Christopherson is being held in an attic on Bean's farm. And we see the suicide mission goes to a rescue mission. We see Mr. Fox gather all the other forest creatures and calling them by all their Latin names. Mr. Fox asks the farmers to meet him in town near the sewer hub where he will surrender in exchange for Christopherson's freedom. Fox, Ash, and Kylie slip into Bean's farm, a much-matured Ash frees Christopherson. On their way back, they see a dark wolf on a hillside above the road. Throughout the film, Mr. Fox says that he has a phobia of wolves, but he sobs and tries to speak to this one in English as well as French. The wolf doesn't respond to Mr. Fox until he raises his hand in a gesture of solidarity. The wolf returns his gesture and departs into the woods. Wes Anderson said that this scene with the wolf was his reason for making the film. I believe the wolf represents what it means to be a wild animal. I think the wolf serves as somewhat of a mirror image to Mr. Fox, because no matter how hard he tries, deep down he really is just a wild animal. In the climax of the film, we see the animals have become accustomed to living in the sewers, with others considering moving in. Ash and Chris Robertson settle their differences and become good friends. Fox leads his family to a drain opening built into the floor of a supermarket owned by the three farmers. Celebrating their new food source and the news that Felicity is pregnant again, the animals dance in the aisles as the credits begin to roll. Fantastic Mr. Fox falls into the space of animated movies that entertains children as well as teaching the adults valuable lessons. Mr. Fox, being a vessel for these themes, he struggles to live a life with contentment which in turn negatively affects the people in his life. Throughout the film, he says he has a phobia of wolves, but in reality, I believe he has a phobia of accepting defeat. In the beginning of the film, when he promises his wife that he won't steal any more food from the farmers... In this moment, he feels as if he is forced to bury his true self. He goes through the rest of his life poor and a failed journalist, going through his days in quiet desperation. When given the opportunity to steal from Bogus, Bunce, and Bean, he's never felt more alive. And for all purposes, he is a wild animal. But I think he's reached a point in his life. which before all that he is a father a husband who's caring compassionate and operates at a high level of intelligence i think in life there comes a time to grow up and leave our younger lives filled with danger and adventure behind but like mr fox that old life isn't the only thing that makes us truly fantastic thank you so much for listening to this episode of the court of cinema podcast we hope you found this discussion informative as well as engaging and if you enjoyed today's episode please consider leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform, as well as sharing. In the meantime, you can stay date on all things Quarto Cinema by following us on social media. Until next time, we'll see you in the movies.